Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast on 97.3 The Fan is brought to you by Hamul Casino, San Diego's closest casino. Real close, real friendly, real fun. Well, look, you know, we won the first game, they won the second game, and Joe Musgrove pitched the third game for us. And that's what ended up being the difference. You know, obviously we scored some runs. Trent Grisham was absolutely fantastic in series. You know, you really have to give him a lot of credit for going through a very difficult season, you know, getting benched for a little while, coming into the series and showing up looking like an all-star. You know, offensively, defensively, running the bases. It takes... It takes a medal to, to fight through something like that and have the type of series that he did. And, to, and then it was just across the board, you know, the defense we played tonight, the pitching that we got, the timely hitting, uh, base running. We did everything everything really well tonight. Are you good? I'm very nervous. I'm right fine. Why would you think that I'm not good? Oh, I'm fine. Because blood is pouring You're out of your nose. Blood. What is happening? Ever since uh, ever since the game on Saturday night, I've been dealing with this nosebleed. <laughs> I don't know what you slipped me on I didn't Saturday slip night. You I'm sure you must have slipped Nobody me something. Nobody slips Corey that up their nose. It was Corey Stewart or something. <laughs> Corey. Someone uh, did something. This is slander. I don't slandering know. Slandering people. His nose has been bleeding since Saturday. Are you? It Are stops okay? for hours, and then with no rhyme or reason, it starts going again. I'm I just vi- talked about the nosebleed seats. I wasn't being literal. I wasn't being literal. I am. Um, I need more Kleenex, though. Out this box. I don't really empty. like watching blood, Paul. Yeah, I'm not leaving. And I'm staring out. now at these bloody. I can't. I'm not tissues. I'm starting to I'm get sorry. A little bit nauseous and lightheaded. I've been good since it, four o'clock last night. Was the last one I got. I thought I was done with it. I was at work and I was like getting ready to go on TV and I was worried that it was going to start bleeding all over me. Go find our human resources office and tell them Woods hit you. Can you go to the nurse's office and lay down? (laughs) (laughs) I'll call your mom. Do we have an Odyssey nurse's office? There is a little room in there with a cot. Can you go? Yes, go lay down. I don't think you're supposed to lay down though. Because then you'll choke on your own blood or something. Yeah. I'm just supposed to sit here and pinch my nose. I'm getting lightheaded. And hold a tissue to it. So why don't we just keep doing the show, and I'll just sound like this until it stops. Is that okay with everybody? Mm. Maybe we should get some other headlines and let Paul do some talking right now with a, a emergency edition of the <laughs> Rindle Report. And get things started here with our... Edition, today's edition oh, of boy. the Rindle Report. Now tune into the motherfucking greatest. Welcome to the Rindle Report. 
with Paul Reindel. Hi, Paul. All right. Two stories from the world of sports that we haven't gotten to yet. We'll start off in Major League Baseball. And one story that you didn't know you needed. Are you laughing, Biot? It's the Reindel Report. Hey, Paul, how you doing? On 97.3 The Fan. Are you ready to bless the mood? I need some help, please. <laughs> that was good. Oh, yeah. All right. So Woods is going to look for more tissues for me. He like ran out of the studio. Oh. He's coming back with a handful of paper towels. Thank you. They're soft enough, right? Oh, thank you. They don't they don't have the little dollop of lotion in them like you like yeah. that you use at home. Okay. But Fair enough. They'll get the job done. Puffs plus or whatever. It's all you, Polly. Go ahead. You okay? Yeah, I'm good. No, I'm fine. I'm not in any pain or anything. You sound great. Thank you. <laughs> I'm fine. Come on, Paul. Continue. Nineteen twenty. We're doing old timey nah, baseball see? style yeah, broadcast. See? Old nosebleed. See, Lord. Joe, Joe tell, Musgrove. <laughs> tell Ben to pinch his nose close to his eyes. That yeah, should help the bleeding. The bridge of the nose. All right, that's all right, boys and girls. We start off in the NFL. <laughs> the NFL, see, <laughs> on the old gridiron. Carolina Panthers have fired coach Matt Rule after their one and four start. First firing of the season in the NFL. Matt Rule out with the Panthers, and this was kind of rumored to be uh, in motion. I saw yesterday, and they made that official this morning after losing 37-15 to to the 49ers yesterday. Um, he signed a three-year or a seven-year $62 million contract back in January of 2020, and he has been fired with a record of 11 and 27 which, of course, includes this year's 1-4 start. I saw Adam Schefter reported the Panthers firing Matt Rule now leaves uh, him being owed north of $40 million. No. Wait, what? 40 No. They're not paying Matt Rule that much, are they? That sounds insane. 40 he Signed a $62 million the contract. Coach. Yeah. That seems insane. 40. It's not like he was Bill Belichick or something. That's insane. I saw that uh, they did allow him to show up this morning and address the team and, and say goodbye to uh, his players, which I think is a classy move. They got bodied by a mediocre 49ers team yesterday at home. Again, we'll take your word for it. <laughs> weren't, weren't watching the NFL. Didn't watch night. a single play, my friends. It's baseball woods. I would agree with that. Oh Didn't follow college football really nope. at all. Not a thing. Outside of a couple of uh, ESPN notifications, perhaps. Watched, other than that. Watched all baseball. Did see that I covered easily on the Aztecs game. The Aztecs were 18-point fa- 20-point favorites, and I think they won by two. Was it two on a last-second field goal, yes. <laughs> How the offense They were up 3 nothing at the half. Oh, good. Another, the, another barn The under burner. was already fairly assured. What was he under? Forty eight or it something? It was forty eight. Yeah, I yeah. should have pounded. That was that. an easy win. <laughs> they uh they went up ten nothing and then blew it and fell behind fourteen thirteen with a minute to go. They actually they drove moved down. They actually moved the ball through there. So you saw their quarterback was the guy that was playing safety last week. They they converted their safety to quarterback and he threw for three hundred and twenty two yards. Who did? Jalen Maiden was his is his name. He was playing he, st- he started sixty eight snaps Hawaii? at safety. No, for the Aztecs. <laughs> 
Burmeister was ruled out with a concussion. After what, no, the first half? You know, uh, the other backups transferred or were hurt, so they had to play their safety at quarterback. Their safety was the and he, quarterback? And he threw for 322 yards. He was better than any of the quarterbacks. It was crazy. That is bananas. And they won 16-14 to 14 over Hawaii. He was 6-for-6 six six for 50 yards on the final drive with the last Good minute. Good God. Does, can anybody throw? Well, anybody? They, they had recruited him as a quarterback. He hadn't got in, so he he, he switched to, to safety play. this year. But then they needed him as quarterback, so they you know emergency switched him back and ended up saving the game for them. That's awesome. Well, it's a good story. It's a good, it's a great story. Easy cover. It's, I mean, you shouldn't be winning at home over Hawaii by two, though. They've been absolutely awful this year. It's not a, it's not a win you brag about, but I guess it's better than a loss. Better than a loss, yeah, yeah. Got another good story. Uh, this one also in the NFL. You guys remember Brian Robinson, running back for the uh, Washington Commanders. We are Commanders. So just six weeks ago, he was shot and wounded in that attempted robbery. And he was in uniform yesterday uh, in D.C., and he received a standing ovation when he ran out of the tunnel. It was a pretty awesome sight. (laughs) And I love this because he came out to a song that little bit of a throwback, old uh, old school 50 Cent back in like 2002, 2003, called Many Men. This is how that song goes. This is him running out of the tunnel. Fifty Cent, of course, shot nine times. Ooh. Brian Robinson echoed that and wanted to come out to that, and it was it went over very well. The place went absolutely nuts as he made his return to the field uh, again, just a month and a half after being shot. That is just wild. How they do? Uh, I don't know. They're the commanders. They the lost. Commanders. They Did lost they to lose? the Titans. They were yes. not. They're the commanders. How do you know that? Not on my radar. Uh, pay t- I try bit. to pay attention. There. I knew we weren't going to talk much NFL today, <laughs> but I still needed to pay some attention to what happened yesterday. Uh, and uh, finally, remember uh, not that long ago we talked about the Winnie the Pooh thriller that was coming yeah, out. Yeah, the horror movie. The horror. The horror movie. Horror movie. Well, we've got another children's classic being turned into a horror film, and it's going to be a holiday edition. It's called The Grinch. Well, it's called The Mean One, and it's about The Grinch. It's going to come out on December 15th. It'll stream for free, though the studio that put it together not revealed which platform it'll be available on, but it is going to... Um, instead of Whoville, it's going to be a, a mountain town called Fraser Park. And um, young Cindy You Know Who, instead of Cindy Lou Who, Cindy You Know Who is uh, orphaned after the Grinch kills her parents. And 20 Christmases later, she returns to Fraser Park looking for some closure, but she learns that um, the mean one has not gone away. You're a mean I one. thought you were about to play some audio. Mr. Sorry. Grinch. No. Sounds awful. Is now is this because Dr. Seuss has passed into public domain like the 
Winnie the Pooh story. That's why you I can, was looking for that. It's not like I, copyrighted or something. Yeah, still, I, I couldn't. So if find somebody dies, you can just take their character. At, at some point, that it runs out, and you can actually use characters. That's what happened with Winnie That's the Pooh. A, yeah, the Winnie the Pooh licensing became it's like a hundred years or something. Yeah, yeah. And um, but Doctor Seuss isn't that old. I mean, no, I, I was I thought the exact same thing, and I couldn't find anything about the public domain. But maybe it was already in there. I don't know. Or maybe they're making it different enough that they're not calling him the Grinch. They're calling it him the mean one. And it's not, what was it, Mount Crumpet? It's Fraser Park. Park. And Cindy, you know who. So it's more kind of parody. It's one of those fine lines. I'd say, that you kind you know, of copy, but not exactly. Woodsy. You got two little ones. I think the, the cartoon Grinch, the classic one outstanding i loved jim carrey's uh, rendition of it in it's, 2000 or whatever huge, that was it, it's like if you did, if it's like if you copied one. our show entirely but instead of ben and woods you called yourself like joe and james or something james murders joe joe has a bloody nose i'm gonna bite stop I'm, doing I'm, that thing and i'm know. going to bite my tongue <laughs> It's not, it's not a crime. No, it's not. Flattery. I'm just gonna, it really is. It's not. is it? I'm going to bite my tongue in half. What? I'm not referring to anyone specific. Right. Me either. Just like random guys. James and Jonathan or something. Right. right, 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 right. Go ahead. I'm, I'm, I'm good. Was that three? Are yeah. we done? It's hard for me to keep track when I'm bleeding all over the place. Bleeding out in here. Mm-hmm. Hasn't stopped yet. Nope. Why don't I read a liner? That should help. Get to the heart of the NFL with the In the Huddle podcast. Former offensive lineman Brian Baldinger what do you do these? and NFL insider Jason Lockin for a team I'll up with the it. man who pulls I'll no punches, it. Carl Dukes. They take you Thank around you. the league and give you the inside scoop on the storylines that matter most and dive deep on the matchups that determine who wins and who loses. New episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. Follow In the Huddle on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Are you ready for the football? What's the uh, Monday night game tonight, gents? It's Chiefs and Raiders. Oh, okay. Put some money on that right now. I got a little coming out of both nostrils now. Why don't you go home, dude? <laughs> Just call it a day. I got to go to urgent care. Yeah, maybe. I mean, now I'm starting to get worried. You do you, you don't normally get nosebleeds? Never, no. My kids do. Oh, no. Well, I have never really gotten them before. I'm nervous. Yeah, it could be an it's aneurysm. A, or... Right. Could be having a stroke. I read. I never concerning. Google. Don't Google, Don't Google it because you will have you'll have cancer immediately it, if that exactly. happens. Exactly. It's really WebMD is not your friend. No, today. it is not. Please go to the doctor. No, it's not. Uh, maybe maybe I'll stop my urgent yeah, care. Yeah, just once you go okay. ahead and take it to the house now. All right. Thank you. Have a good rest of the show. We will. Phone lines are open. I'm going to take. I it can't off. look at this uh, bloody pile of tissue. Yeah, I'll take off after this check of traffic on 97.3 The Fan. It's one way to get out of work. Either go on vacation or get a nosebleed. He's going to walk out of here. I can't believe that worked. <laughs> I can't believe they fell for this Halloween pill that I shoved up my nose. The blood pill. No, seriously, go to the doctor.
How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about. Basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Back to Ben and Woods. Jeez, dude, Woodsy I'm, just I'm finished worried, up man. wiping blood all over the studio. I'm worried. I love that guy. We had a, I had a drunken conversation with somebody out in front of the Lucadian the other night. He's a big fan of our show. I apologize. I forgot your name. I didn't barely remember my own name <laughs> at that point, but it was just really cool. He was asking me all sorts of questions, you know, about the show and. He said, hey, it's really cool to see you guys hanging out here together. And I said, yeah. I said, well, I'm lucky enough to work with a couple of guys that it's not enough just to see them at work. You know, I like playing golf with the boys after the show. We like spending. I like I'd rather spend time with these two than actually work with them because work (laughs) is work. But when we go play golf and we get to go out and have drinks or dinner or something, it's always a good time. Uh, Paulie and I in the press box the other day had a great freaking time laughing and you know, just it's it, it, we're very fortunate. It's not that way on every show. Trust me, it is just not that way. It just we're very very lucky. So now I'm I'm legitimately worried because you know somebody tweeted in and said, oh I get I get regular nosebleeds. Ben, I sympathize. The thing that makes me nervous is he doesn't get regular nosebleeds ever, and uh, he he doesn't. So that's why I'm a little concerned. So he left. I remember, um, like one of my best friends growing up would constantly, yeah. nose, just randomly, he's like, "Oh, this happens all the time." Yeah, and, and they're he was just super used nonchalant. To it. Ben was like, I, "This never happens." You could hear the panic in so, his voice. So Saturday, sounded like he's about to pass out right there. So like, I left. Holy crap! I left the bar on Saturday. Thank God. And uh, I was texting Ben, and he said, "Here, I'll read it to you." This was on Saturday. If I can find it. He basically told me he was getting uh no. He said, I got a nosebleed on sa- on Saturday night. And I said, from what? And he said, I have no idea. And I said, that's super, super weird. He goes, yeah, it just wouldn't stop. So I guess it finally stopped. And now, now it's back. Uh, so I'm, I am concerned about it. Hopefully he gets the urgent care right away because there was a little panic uh, there. And I, I fully understand why because it was very, very weird. Paulie, you want to grab uh, – do we have anybody else on the phone? Got one more phone call? Got uh, Brandon. All right, let's get Brandon. Good morning, line. Brandon. How you doing, buddy? Hello. Hello. Brandon. <sighs> Call. I'm nervous. I am too. I was like, can, "Are you even able to drive?" That's the thing. Is like, like you got two hands on his nose. On his nose, just 
gushing blood out of each nostril. Don't let anything happen to my sweet Benny. Please don't let anything happen to my sweet Benny Higgins. Hopefully he's okay. Hopefully it's just nothing. Maybe, I don't know. Like, I don't, the random nosebleed is what scares me, you know? Right. Hopefully our little bub's okay. So something that happened all the time. Yeah, it'd be no big deal. Just He says he's one of his kids that happens to him, uh, but not, not to him, Ben. So <laughs> on his way to the doctor, hopefully he'll be okay. Uh, anybody else want to call? we got time for like one or two more, and then we're going to replay June Lee because you knew that was coming. Um, now John says stress causes nosebleeds. Well, that is one stress, dude. Yeah, but he's not. it's not like he's just got stressed out this week. He deals with stress very well. I do not, and he does. He deals with it very well. He's got a lot of stresses uh, in his life, and so he deals with it much better than I do. He doesn't get worked up about things. I do. That's why I get burned out really quick because <laughs> I get so amped up and worked uh, worked up about it. But, Ben, uh, hopefully we'll be okay heading on down to uh, urgent care, I do believe, right now. So I hope he's okay. Uh, everyone, hold a good thought for our beloved Benjamin Higgins. He was a little panicked, and that made me a little yeah, panicked. The yeah, the panic in his voice kind of freaked kind me of out. That's when out. I was like, are, are you able to get in your car and yeah. drive home? He's like, just yeah, I mean, hand me my backpack. Back. Like, like, oh there was like blood on the on the the board in here. Not on the board, on the, the counter. So hopefully he's okay. Hopefully he's okay. I, I, don't, I don't like blood. I don't really either. It's not my favorite. Kind of a, uh, a weak stomach guy. Go figure. Yeah, people are DMing saying, "Yeah, nosebleeds can be stress related." Yeah, that's a bummer, man. I would hate. I he needs he needs a couple of. I mean, he's had a lot of vacations, but sometimes vacation can be just as stressful as real life. You know, you got to get there, and you got to make sure everyone's happy, and they're expensive, and everything else. So he just needs a day to just relax. Channel Ten, maybe call in the uh, go to the bullpen tonight. You know, give Ben a little bit of a breather. So, yeah, the Tier 1s are, uh, are tweeting in and with their concerns. So hopefully he's okay. We will certainly let you know. I hope we're making it sound like a bigger know. deal than it really is. Me but too. That was, that that was, was pretty gnarly, man. genuinely concerning. Yeah, and when it started spilling out, that's when it kind of got me. Like, he just kind of, like, threw to the Rhino report there, and I'm like, I, I just am, this doesn't feel good. It doesn't, <laughs> this feel, doesn't right. feel right. No, it doesn't. Oh, phone lines are blowing up, man. Let's get a uh, let's get a phone call or two, and then we'll, See, uh, we'll hit break. Dexter, you're up first. Dexter, good What's morning, up, Dexter? my friend. How you doing? Hey, good morning, boys. Uh, and hopefully Ben's hearing this. Uh, best wishes. Get to the hospital safely. Thank you. Um, hey, okay, so this weekend, like everybody else in, in Diego, I was listening to the ESPN Padres games. And the thing that really... I, I was desperately trying on my iPad to, to sync up the the, the app yeah. audio feed to the TV, and for some reason the app is all wacky. Oh, I'm shocked. So I'm Did like, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was hard to sync up, and I just, I just gave up and said, okay, I'm just going to grit my teeth and bear it. And those jokers from ESPN, it was obvious that you know, and also the attitude of the Mets, you could hear it. On on uh, especially after Saturday, sure. they were already looking past the Padres and looking towards the Dodgers. And the thing that really irritated me was, you know, they finally started to take things the Padres seriously about the second or third inning when Musgrove had killed uh, nine in a row. Yeah, and they said, okay, he's gone through the first nine, so he's officially done. Blah blah blah. You know all this, and then. You know, I, I, I mean, I was like, wow, they actually said something nice about 
Musgrove and the Padres. And, you know, even after the you know, Padres won and everything, they were still, you know, talking down about them. Yeah. You know? It's something... Like, they were, sh- they were, like, shocked. Like, oh, my God. they A team that sucks actually beat the beat the Mets, you know, and they... The thing, the thing that really got me was Saturday. No, was it? No, it was yesterday. Last night's game when uh, Diaz came on. Normally, when the reliever comes in, they show him going out of the bullpen and they cut the commercial. Right? They left it on for an additional minute, minute and a half, oh, yeah, so that gotta, we could hear his the theme song and all that. Yep. Yeah, and so he could go like he was already at second base when they cut to the commercials. And I sat there and I'm like, going, really? <laughs> They're losing. They're pulling in their best relief pitcher, and they're losing, and you're allowing him to go through his, you know, all that. And you know, I said the, best, the thing that the thing that they didn't play up was Musgrove had one a one hitter going through the time he was pulled. Yep. And then when uh, Wild Thing Suarez came in, he pitched a, a no hit no hit inning. Yep. And then when Hater came in, he pitched a no hit one yep. inning. Well, listen, I said it all year, and I I do think. Uh... I do think it's good, man. You want to be, as much as you want the respect and you want the accolades, the best thing that you can be is overlooked and under underappreciated. And I think, you know, I said it for the year, nobody was picking the Padres to do much, and you, you want that, man. You want to be the team that is disrespected. Whatever it is you may feel and you may need uh, to get you on the field and fired up and, and go out and, and whip somebody like the Padres did this weekend. Good, man. Bulletin board material, it's a real thing. It exists. You know, it absolutely exists. And seeing that LB had the Padres as the 12th best pitching rotation slash pitching core um, on Friday when that came out, bro, I promise you that got through the clubhouse. I promise you it did. And whatever you need to motivate you is great. And again, we, we said it this morning. The pressure is squarely on the shoulders of the Los Angeles Dodgers, as it should be, just like it was squarely on the shoulders of the New York Mets. Even though they're playing in a wild card game, they've got Scherzer, they've got DeGrom, they've got Diaz, they've got Lindor, they've got Polar Bear with 40 bombs. they got all these players and, you know, had the ease. They were in first place, Paulie, for 185 days. Unbelievable. 185 days. You're telling me the pressure's not squarely on the Mets? It is. And the pressure is squarely on the Dodgers right now. They're the ones who have had this juggernaut of a season. Padres can play loose. They can have fun. Um, I expect the Padres to win this series. I do. I think they can win this series. I absolutely think they can win this series. Yeah. Um, I, I and if they, play, if they play like they did these last two nights, the Dodgers are in for a battle, a battle of epic proportions. Now, they got good players. They got guys having down years. All that goes out the window for good, for bad. Mookie could take an over. Freddie could take an over, but Max Muncie could get you know hit six hundred. That's just what happens uh, in this in in these weird playoffs. We've seen it with Trent Grisham. We've seen it with Josh Bell. Guys, step up, and I, I'm just so proud of the guys for getting through there. But by no means am I satisfied or done. And I do feel like we need to see their best effort the next at least three nights. You know, hopefully just three. Yeah, no, I, I remember we were talking about it um, before the playoff series or the the field was totally set and kind of, oh, which path do you want? And, you know, oh, you can take the Cardinals in the wild card round and then you would get the Braves. I, look, I like the Dodgers in a five-game series a hell of a lot more than I like them in a seven-game series. No doubt, yeah. I, I think taking, taking them on, yeah. Much higher chance, and we talked about it earlier, especially just 
like for the Padres, how important a game one victory is tomorrow night. Oh, it would be massive. Clevenger on the bump. That way, you I mean, you would be on what four days rest. Like yep. he's good to go on Wednesday. You got to steal two. one. You have to steal one, and and, and that's how it is. Uh, that's how it is every time you play one of those series. You got to steal one yep. and and snatch home field advantage back. And uh, I do think they can do that. So the Dodgers are a great team. Not not taking anything away from them. But man, the, we are a great team too. And uh, if everything kind of kind of goes our way and we get those timely hits, guys step up. They're in for a battle, man. I really I really think they are. So I'm excited about it. Excited about it. Ready to uh, to get it going. Tomorrow's going to be excruciating. The wait. Uh, we'll let you know when we hear from Benny. Hopefully everything's all good. We're going to come back replay June Lee. He was there last night in New York in the actual clubhouse. He's got Budweiser and champagne all over him. Uh, hopefully still. He did when we talked to him a couple of hours ago. We'll bring that back for you next. It's Ben and Woods, 97.3 The Fan. Welcome back, Ben and Woods, 97.3 The Fan. Keep a yeah, good thought for our pal Benny. Had to leave at some nosebleeds. Been going on all weekend. So I think if there's one person in the room, you don't have to worry about doing anything nefarious to get a nosebleed. It's Ben Higgins. So don't worry about that. Uh, but definitely worried about him. And uh, we'll update you guys when we hear something. Let's get a quick check of traffic, Paulie. We'll come back with uh, our interview with June Lee from ESPN, who was in the clubhouse last night. Right, now we go to our premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline. Always love talking to June Lee from ESPN, especially uh, when he's there for a Padres <laughs> playoff victory. And June joins us right now uh, with Ben and Woods on 97.3 The Fan. Good morning, June. Good morning. You still smell like Budweiser or what? <laughs> I woke up this morning and I hadn't showered last night. And I, when I went to the bathroom, my hair was still sticking together because I got a bunch of like beer and stuck in my hair. So I got to shower after we get off the phone. It was uh, amazing watching your videos <clears throat> this morning. Padres in there uh, dancing last night to Gangnam Style, which I think is just fantastic. Uh, how cool was it to be in there last night? The boys seemed pretty, pretty happy to be moving on. Yeah, everyone was drenched. It was, uh, it was really, really good vibes. I think that there was just a, a level of uh, just kind of letting out a breath of, of fresh air just because, uh, especially after last night where, you know, the first game the Padres dominated, the second game the Mets dominated, you really didn't know what you were going to get going into game three, especially with, you know, a, a matchup that is, is as good as Chris Bassett and Joe Musgrove, two pitchers who have been so consistently good throughout the course of the season for both teams. And so, uh, I, I mean, I think everyone's a little surprised to kind of see the way that it unraveled the course of the night and, uh, 
you know, Musgrove really, really dominated there last night. I mean, he was completely unhittable. June, I, I think sometimes it's a tired cliche because every run is important. But when they say, hey, whoever gets off to the, the good start, whoever scores first has a big advantage, certainly looked that way in this series on Friday and on Sunday. And maybe it was because of the crowd. Uh, you were there. The way the Padres were able, at least for two of those games, to score in the first couple of innings and take out what was a raucous crowd and really silence it at City Field. How noticeable was it being there? Yeah, it was definitely that played into all of this because I remember yesterday, I think it was Jeff McNeil was talking pregame during a press conference and a reporter asked him about this exact thing about the effect of a team scoring the first run and how that affects the other team. And we're kind of having conversations about how it puts the team who doesn't score first on their heels and it puts a lot of pressure on them, especially in a winner-takes-all elimination game. And when the Padres scored in the second inning yesterday, it just takes out some of the air out of City Field, which can become pretty raucous depending on on the kind of uh, thing going on on the field. But I think with the Padres scoring first, it, it took some energy out, and then Musgrove just kind of rolling and dominating in the way that he did, allowing just like one hit over seven innings. Uh, I, I think it really shut up Mets fans really quickly. And you know, by the end of the seventh inning, the eighth inning, Mets fans were walking out of the stadium. Yeah, I mean, it took their soul. You know, seeing the at-bat, I was watching, obviously, on television, but seeing the at-bat from Austin Nola, and look, I mean, I think over the last, I'd say, really six weeks of the season, it's been very clear Austin Nola is going to be the catcher. Uh, I think guys like throwing to him. Uh, I think he does a very serviceable job back there, and there's just a comfort level. The ABs sometimes can leave a little to be desired, except for lately. He's actually been hitting the ball pretty well. It was one of the uglier bats you'll ever see until he drove that ball through the left side. I mean, the 0-2 swing that he barely got a, a piece of, that would steal my soul if I was a Mets fan, too. You got him set up right there, and you let that guy beat you and drive in two runs. I can understand why the air was sucked completely out of City Field. Yeah, and you mentioned Nola specifically. I mean, Musgrove was talking yesterday about how he spent all offseason preparing with him throwing all of his bullpens to him and how they kind of worked together to get on the same page. And so I think all of that was one of the preparation meeting opportunity, uh, everything kind of coming together at the right time. I mean, it really seemed like those two were locked in together in a way that uh, is hard to just kind of, you know, it doesn't happen overnight. So the kind of thing that, that takes time uh, and, and effort to, to kind of get on the same page and on the level that Musgrove and, and Nola were last night. Talking to ESPN's June Lee, he was at City Field last night as the Padres clinched the series with the New York Mets. All right, got to get your opinion on, I'm calling it ear flap uh, with Joe Musgrove. Necessary <laughs> evil for Buck Walter Bush League? I mean, what did you think when he went out and called for the umpires to check on Joe in the sixth inning? I mean, it was a little odd, especially when you watch the video on TV, uh, seeing the way that the umpires were interrogating and just, like, sticking their fingers deep in Joe Musgrove's ear. Like, I don't think it was ever something I would have expected to see on a baseball field. I mean, how often in general do you expect to see uh, someone go to their job and have fingers stuck deep inside their ear? I mean, it's not something that happens every single day. So on that level, it was just kind of absurd. But when you look at the explanation that Showalter gave in the post game, you know, there was some reason to believe that maybe something could be up. I mean, you saw Musgrove's shiny ears, you know, those photos going around on social media. And his spin rate was also up on all of his pitches compared to where he was in the regular season. But I, I think Gary Cohen of SNY hit it on the nail on the head yesterday where 
you know, it's it's four nothing. It, it, there was a sense of desperation, yeah, from the yeah. Mets and and going and doing what they did yesterday because, I mean, there wasn't any clear tangible evidence. I mean, we've seen in elimination games, we've seen in, in playoff games, spin rates go up because guys are working off of adrenaline. Um, and you really have to make sure that you know none of your guys are doing anything in order to go out and do that. Um, it was one of those things where it felt like the air was already taken out of the building at City Field, and it was just one of those things where it's like this is this is one of those things where it's like I don't I don't really know why or anyone should do this. I mean, it just it felt kind of desperate. And, and Showalter yesterday after the game kind of talked about how he was willing to deal with the ramifications and how it, how it looks. So he was, he said he was going to do whatever was best for the Mets, but it was one of those things that just like it felt off in the moment. It's just like, yeah, it really did not feel necessary. We are talking to our pal June Lee from ESPN. I wanted to ask you now, so the series is over. You saw a really nice pitching performance from Jacob deGrom uh, on Saturday night. And, you know, based on the first couple of innings, now I blacked out from about the sixth on, so I don't remember a lot of it, uh, June. But the first... We had a viewing party at a bar, and Woo! our listeners were plying woods. Oh, my God. Frequently. <laughs> yes, they yeah, were. Sorry, and yeah. it was very fun, but I don't remember a lot. But I do remember how the game started. So let me ask you guys this, all of you and everybody listening, too. We had seen the story come around that on their whiteboard, they already had like everything dotted up and lined up for their series against the Dodgers. And I'm talking about the Mets, of course, which that series isn't going to happen now. Do you feel, in hindsight, the correct move was going Scherzer, DeGrom, Bassett, or seeing how well... From the beginning, beginning, as opposed to waiting until after... The Padres lost game one. Right, yeah. exactly. So DeGrom pitching as well as he did, isn't that a completely different series if DeGrom goes out and has game two during game one? Do you think Buck got cute and it cost him? Oh, man. I mean, I, from the Mets' perspective, I kind of completely understand the way that they went about it. I mean, there is a level of needing to stay present and you know dealing with the thing in front of you in right now in that moment. But... I think if you're trying to set up the team for the best long-term success, not announcing that game two starter, and also just leaving an air of mystery around it, there's a level of trying to play chess to kind of throw off the Padres that I think is also understandable um, when it comes to, you know, trying to set up the the pitching schedule in general. Sure. Um, And so I think from that vantage point, I mean, there's a level of, you know, maybe they're thinking too far ahead uh, to play in the Dodgers and trying to set up the ground for that series, but – I also do think that that move worked on the level of trying to play some sort of, you know, just guessing game with the Padres. You know, I think that kind of stuff is slightly overblown in regards to whether or not it actually has an effect on on guys. Um, But I I, I do kind of understand it from the Mets' perspective. Um, You know, that being said, in regards to the the stuff that was kind of on the video board in in the the Mets' clubhouse, uh, you know, it's probably something that they they definitely – uh, regret, um, and that's not necessarily that's not necessarily even something that the players or like the manager controls. Like that's something that like that's up to the clubhouse managers and the organization as a whole. I I think that that probably in retrospect looks pretty pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, but I think that's more of a reflection on uh, just the internal workings of the mess, which, as we know, is always chaotic and is always a mess than it is on any of the players or or the management or the, the you know Buck Showalter in particular. June, uh, I, I think sometimes when a, a team from the West Coast or a smaller market makes the playoffs, the national broadcasters and media don't 
don't fully know that team. I mean, you can't stay up and watch the Padres at one in the morning every single night. Um, but when it came to Trent Grisham, uh, they, you know, the guys Carl and and Coney were, you know, giving him all the credit in the world that he deserved. But I almost thought they undershouldered. If you were a Padres fan, you were more stunned about Trent Grisham's turnaround in the playoffs, <laughs> maybe than anything. I mean, we watched him all season, and it wasn't like he felt like he was on the verge of a breakout. We were talking about whether he should even be on the, the wild card roster, and we we said, well, he's got to be out there for his defense. But we were expecting nothing offensively. The contributions he made, I wanted to get your thoughts because it was I thought it was a stunner even from our perspective. Yeah, I, I think I, I think that there was a level of being stunned about Trent Grisham given how he's performed, hitting the way that dude does. But as someone who's you know was trying to cover the Padres from a national perspective and probably have hasn't watched as much Padres baseball as I've watched Mets or Yankees or Red Sox baseball, just given my personal purview and the fact that I live on the East Coast, uh, hashtag East Coast bias. Um, Trent Grisham's also a guy that... You admit it. You know, it exists. A, a lot, a, you know, uh, Trent Grisham's also a guy that I think for a lot of people who cover baseball nationally, you know, is a former top prospect, a former high first-round pick. And so there's always a level of even if guys who are drafted that high and ranked high as prospects struggle at some point, that things can always they can always turn it around. So because Trent Grisham is a name that we've heard as just a national prospect for, you know, the course of his entire professional baseball career dating back, uh, you know, five, five years or so. Uh, I think that there's a level of being less surprised than, you know, the, the, the local, you know, the local fans might having experienced the ups and downs. But um, I think it's also just a, a case of, you know, it's, there is a level of East Coast bias when uh, we're, you know, we're, uh, I'm, I'm all on the East Coast and watching more Mets, Yankees, Red Sox than I am, you know, Padres baseball on a on a day to day basis. Well, my partner uh, Ben had his sixth vacation this year, was out in New York, and did have to watch one of those important games, and it did start at ten o'clock at night. And <laughs> it's you, so late, you do it's kind so of understand. <laughs> it's rough, man. It's like, rough, like, man. You, you, Especially the last couple of days, like I'm getting back at like midnight, one a.m. It's like I'm watching the entire baseball game. It's hard for me to watch another entire <laughs> baseball game. All right, I, I, I think this is relevant though. So give us your your East Coast perspective on Padres Dodgers coming up this week. I mean, on the surface, I think the first thing you look at is oh, Dodgers have dominated the Padres, and they have. But what do you have beyond that for us, June? I think that there is a level of the team over the course of the last couple of days from the guys that I've talked to over there feeling like they're starting to click because there was a level of, especially after the trade deadline and getting Juan Soto and everything that happened to Fernando Tatis Jr. and getting Josh Hader and him struggling, that the clubhouse was struggling to click and find its groove together. And I think over the course of the last couple of days, guys were feeling like, oh, we finally have kind of found our identity. I mean, for a team that has much change as the Padres did, you know, a half season in, a lot of teams kind of find their identity at the all-star break or around then. This is kind of the equivalent of that for a team that has much turnover uh, and, and enormous pieces kind of out of the mix and coming into the mix as the Padres have had this year. And so I think there's a level of, at least internally in the clubhouse, the Padres seem like, oh, we're, we're starting to find who we are as a team. Now, the Dodgers are going to be a really, really tough matchup. But I always say, like, you know, on paper – Matchups don't really matter when it comes to October to a point, unless the rosters are completely, completely mismatched, which I don't think is the case with the Padres and the Dodgers. Uh, what really matters is five games. I mean, any team in the majors 
can win a, a five-game series. It takes three wins. I mean, the worst team in baseball has has. I mean, the Cubs at the beginning of September swept the Mets. I mean, that's something that happens in baseball because all major baseball teams are good. So, you know, I, I think as long as the talent is is relatively close, which I think, uh, you know, in the grand scheme of Major League Baseball, you know, the Padres can stack up to the Dodgers in some ways, even though the Dodgers have a star-studded lineup and, and rotation. Um, you know, it's, it only takes three games. So the Padres definitely have a chance. I think the, the guys in the clubhouse there feel like things are coming together in a way that uh, is not necessarily the case for, for teams when it, comes, uh, when it comes to this time in October. June, uh, good stuff. Just what we were hoping for when we uh, when we asked you on. Appreciate giving us your first hand perspective. And get the showers now. Yeah, now you can go ahead and uh, get the get the beer out of your hair. I will. Thank you, guys. I appreciate, appreciate it. it. June Lane from ESPN on our Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline. Save money the right way with Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad. Visit them today in the Carlsbad Auto Mall. Chevrolet, find new roads. Love June League. Such a great perspective. Uh, phenomenal, phenomenal writer as well. Uh, it's Ben and Woods, 97.3 The Fan. We are wrapping up on a Monday. That show flew by today. Usually does when there's really, really good stuff uh, to talk about. Now, tomorrow's probably going to be kind of excruciating, right? Like waiting for that game to start. Yeah. Uh, all day long. It's against the Dodgers, so I mean... Yesterday was excruciating just as far as planning a show goes. You should like, uh, be hung over with a two-year-old if you want to yeah, talk about excruciating. Fair enough, I but I mean, I, I, like, we, we were all texting earlier in the day, and I'm like, I don't know what to tell you guys, because <laughs> I, I, I was like, I like win, it was... it's a four-hour celebration, and if we lose, we're you know playing taps on the 2022 season. I like, was I just hit the heart button because yeah. I, my hands were shaking. I couldn't tweet <laughs> or text. Feel much better today. Hopefully our Benny is doing good. We'll update you guys when we hear something. I haven't heard from him. I haven't heard from him yet, so hopefully he made, made it to the doctor. But uh, we'll be back tomorrow, 6 a.m. We'll do it all over again. Thank you, as always, for your unwavering support of Ben and Woods. We love you guys so very much, and uh, we will see you tomorrow. All right? For uh, Ben Higgins, I'm Woodsy. That's Paul Rindle, our executive producer. We'll be back tomorrow. Have a great rest of your day. Coach up next. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. 
So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. <laughs> Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.